0: We live in a shaky world. We started last week talking about seven foundational truths from God's word that will help us build a wonderful life that lasts all for God's glory. And the first truth that we saw last week was God can be trusted. And today we're going to focus in on our spiritual disciplines with the truth that God wants to guide us god wants to guide us think about that in your everyday life god has help for you that's amazing the same god that you can trust wants to show you how to live that in a way that avoids shame and guilt and condemnation and brings you ultimate joy and purpose but sometimes we can compartmentalize our spiritual lives And we can kind of feel like maybe we've made it, or we can feel like when we remember back at making decisions uh, when we were at teen camp or youth camp, or maybe even as an adult. And we can go back to particular moments in our spiritual walk uh, when we decided to live for Christ or to do something for Christ. And if we're not careful, we can think about our walk with God as a time in the past, and we can try and draw on those experiences. And look, your moment of salvation or rededication is important, but that's not what you draw on for your spiritual walk today, at this moment. The Bible tells us that his mercies are new every morning, and your walk with Christ isn't just something that's in the past, it's right now. Jesus told us while he walked this earth that he is the vine and we are the branches. We have to stay connected to him in order to continue to grow rather than shrivel up and rot. No matter how long you have lived and walked this Christian life, God still wants to form you and shape you into who he has made you to be. And we're very careful we can begin to uh, believe that we attained a certain level and now everyone else around us ought to listen to us rather than remember who we are without Christ. And the only good thing in us is the fact that Jesus loves us, forgives us, and still wants to use us. And that takes connecting with him every day. Back in the 1300s, there was a group of monks that practiced something called self flagellation. What these Christian monks would do is they would take these whips literally and they would recite scripture and pray as they beat themselves with the whip. They even called this whip a discipline. There's a picture from 1492 of a woodcut of that experience that they would go through. And they would say that this act was to beat their flesh into submission. And they thought that it was a way to share in the suffering of Christ. And sometimes they would even carry crosses through the street on their knees and wear crowns of thorns. But in God's word, he doesn't require of us anything so grotesque and extreme. Why? Because Jesus paid the price for all of our sins already. It's done. He doesn't need our help. But throughout history, people have been willing to go to great lengths to please God. But God is a good father. And good fathers don't ask their kids to beat themselves. So while God doesn't ask us to do something so intense, praise the Lord, right? He doesn't ask us to go there or to do that. He does ask us to spend time with him. And that's a privilege. That's a joy. That's an honor. Spending time worshiping God and talking to Him and reading His words and sharing in Christian community with His people selflessly. These are all opportunities to spend time with our Father. And just like a good Father, He wants to help us become who we were made to be. And He wants to point us in the direction that our life should go. And how we might fulfill the purpose that God has given us. Think about that today. God wants to guide you. While Jesus walked this earth, he modeled this need to connect with God. He prayed often and he spent time fasting and focusing his heart and his mind. And he used God's word often and he soaked his mind in the truth. It tells us about that in Mark 1 35. It says, And rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed. He went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him, and they found him and said to him, Everyone's looking for you. Jesus was a busy guy. He had a lot of things on his plate. A lot of people wanted his attention. But he made time to get alone very early in the morning. But he also made time, like the night before the crucifixion, when Jesus got alone with God and prayed late at night. See, when uh, you spend time with God, the point is not what works for everyone else. It's about what works for you. When are you ready to listen? When are you ready to be honest and talk to God? This time alone with God is a time to refocus and to remember who you are in God's eyes and who He is. And how awesome and wonderful He is. And to praise Him for who He is. And to settle any unconfessed sin that we have between us and Him. And to thank Him for what He has done. And ask for him to help supply your needs and the needs of those around you. Many people like to use this acronym ACTS for prayer. And it stands for adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. And this is a way for us to st- uh, structure this conversation that we're having with God. Adoration. And to adore God and to praise Him and to talk about how awesome He is and to worship Him. And then to confess and ask God to show you where you need forgiveness and to confess your faults and failures. And then to give thanks, to take time and to wait and to give thanks for what He did today, what He did this week, this month, this year. And then supplication, which is this asking for help for you and your loved ones. However you choose to spend uh, time with God, just do it. Start with scripture. Start with prayer time. Start with uh, listening to worship music or spending time listening to a sermon online. Start with a cup of coffee. Start with a run. Whatever you do, do it. Do whatever works. And if you aren't spending time with God, it's like riding a bike with your eyes closed. Can you do it? Yeah, kind of. But you're going to make a lot of wrong turns and you're going to get hurt. God wants to guide you. Open your eyes. God wants to lead you in the ways that he would have you go. One of the most amazing things about spending time with God is it helps us to be more like him. We get to see the things the way God sees them. Sometimes it's hard for us when we look out into this world to see why God has set up certain boundaries around the way we live. And it's okay for us to admit, hey, I don't know why God says that we need to do this. As long as you land on the fact that we still need to do it. It's okay to not understand Boundaries uh, God has put around healthy relationships with the opposite sex and our sexual relations. Sometimes it's hard for us to understand why it's that way or how we treat our enemies or whether or not we're abusing alcohol. And we can we can look at these things that God has told us in his word and we can wonder why God did those things that way. And if we're not careful, though, we can begin to believe that God is out of touch with the times. When Noah was probably one or two, I remember vividly him having this strong desire to touch the hot barbecue grill that I was making hamburgers and hot dogs on. He wanted to touch the bottom of it so bad. He he just he would come up and he'd put his hands out to try and touch it. And I said, No, what are you doing? Stop. You're gonna get hurt. He wanted it so bad and he was mad at me and he'd yell and he'd scream and he'd cry because i wouldn't let him touch the hot barbecue grill in his eyes i was being so mean because i was keeping him from something that he wanted but the father knew what he wanted would hurt him now i think noah understands now why you know maybe i had said no right (laughs) And spending time with God through prayer and scripture and worship and serving helps us see things God's way. And we mature in the faith and we begin to understand, oh yeah, I used to ask for this thing and maybe God didn't let me have it for a reason. I'm so glad that God hasn't answered every prayer that I've ever asked because he knew better. And when we spend this time with God, it helps us see things his way. We can begin to trust that he knows best. Culturally, the way the Bible looks at sexual relationships is out of date, right? Society has grown past that, I guess, right? The Bible tells us that a sexual relationship is a beautiful thing meant to happen in the safety and commitment of a loving and serving marriage between one man and one woman. But ideas like that are out of date as far as society is concerned. But God's way is always the best way and we can trust him and we can we have to remember that he knows stuff that we don't and the problem is this culture changes so rapidly it wasn't that long ago just a couple hundred years ago it was culturally acceptable to own another person imagine what that would be like to beat them and to abuse them and treat them like property That was something cultural and society said was okay for us to do. And although some Christians sinfully participated in that, the Bible teaches us that all men are made in the image of God and they have value and that we should treat others the way that we want to be treated and love our neighbor as ourselves. And while there were versions of slavery in the Bible that seemed to have been permissible, it was not like American slavery where they were beaten and abused and, and, and owned and there was no way for them to ever get out. It was much more like indentured servitude. But my point is this, if you go with the flow of culture, you are going to do some big things wrong. You are supposed to look different and it's okay for you to struggle with the idea that Society says that this is right, but God's word says this is wrong. And it's okay to be like, "Man, this is uncomfortable for me and this man, this is going to cost me a little bit something as long as you always side with God." Because God sees past this moment. God's way is always the best way. And God wants to guide you. Hebrews 4:12 tells us that the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of the soul and the spirit, of the joints and the marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intents of the heart. The word of God is like a sharp scalpel, and it cuts to the heart of the matter and to uh, separate our selfish ways from God's ways. See, the Bible can show us that our ways are bad before we do them so that we might have the opportunity to do it God's way instead. And if you haven't learned this yet, you will very soon. Your heart and your mind want to lie to you. Your feelings will lie to you. And you will create these big narratives in your mind and you will believe them. That's why two kids can grow up in the same family and one kid could say their parents are the best thing in the world and the other kid can say that their parents are the worst. Why? Because our feelings will dictate what we believe if we're not careful, but our mind lies to us. We can't trust it. But we're a modern scientific society though, right? And sometimes we can think we're pretty smart. But it wasn't long ago that we all thought the world was flat. Some of you still might think that. <laughs> you'd be surprised, that's coming back. That's <laughs> weird. We, not that long ago, there was uh, people and, and society would believe that the earth was the center of the universe and everything revolved around it. We've gotten some big things wrong before. Do you ever wonder why it's called unleaded gas? That's because General Motors, back in the 1920s, thought it was a great idea to add lead to gasoline. You don't know this about lead. Uh, It's toxic. You shouldn't eat the paint chips, right? Some of you, that's where you came from, and that's in your background. That's dangerous! They had to phase that out in the 70s because it was making people sick, and now it's all called unleaded gas. You can't buy leaded gas. In the 1800s, there was an Englishman in Australia that thought it was a good idea to bring some rabbits to his farm, not because he loved rabbits, because he wanted to shoot them. But there was no natural predators there in Australia. They weren't meant to be in Australia, and from his few rabbits that he brought over the population grew to over 800 million rabbits and it's been an ecological disaster and it's even caused a few plant species and animals to go extinct what's my point my point is we aren't as smart as we think we are we've done some big things wrong but the god of the universe wants to guide us and lead us, and direct us. He sees past this moment that you're in. He sees past the changing culture. Have you ever looked back on your life and said, man, I wish I would have done things a different way. I wish in the moment I wouldn't have thought that that was a good idea. Well, How do we do that? Oh, I don't know. Talk to the God that made you and sees past this moment. Part of how God guides us is through the B-I-B-L-E. So make time to read God's word. Ask questions. Don't just buzz through it. Say, what is this passage saying? Why is it important? What should I do about it? How does it fit into the overall theme of the gospel? And then write things down. Did you know that when you write notes down with paper and pen, it activates different parts of our brain that help us remember? Write down what you're learning from God's word. Write down what you're feeling and look at those feelings and say, is this true or is this a lie? Am I making this up or is this real? Write down your prayers and look at how you're praying and structure those things in a way that would please God. All these practices will help us spot the lies that the culture and our own hearts and mind are telling us. When we spend time in worship and prayer in scripture, the Bible tells us it hides God's word in our hearts. And it pushes out the lies. Psalms 119, 9. I love this right here. How can a young man keep his way pure? How does a young man, this picture of probably a very immature young man that's driven by his impulses, How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. With my whole heart, he says, I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. God's way is the best way, and he wants to lead you and guide you. How? By spending time with you. And this will keep you from things that will hurt you. And he wants you to store up his wisdom in your heart to keep you from sin. You might say, man, I read a bunch of verses today that didn't really apply to what I'm going through right now. That's okay. Be like a squirrel and store those things up for when you need them. Hashtag be like a squirrel. Amen. If you aren't spending time with God, you're riding through life with your eyes closed. And you're going to make some wrong moves, and you're going to end up hurt, and you're going to fall. You don't have to whip and beat yourself into submission. No, God just wants to spend time with you so you can see things his way. Maybe it starts real small. Maybe you're like, man, I'm so bad at that. Every January I try to read the Bible every day. Start small. Start with one Bible verse a day, two minutes of prayer. Everyone in the whole world can do that. I don't care how busy you are or what things are going on. You can read one Bible verse and pray for two minutes. The Bible uh, app that, uh, you know, that like maroon Bible app, brown Bible app, whatever it is, it has a daily verse every day and it'll give you notification and it has a daily uh, guided prayer. Every single one of us could do that. Set notifications. But little changes make big differences. and one day you might wake up and realize that you have had your world shaped by God's word and that it will change your perspective. And if you would do that, I'm confident you would fall in love with spending time with your heavenly Father. Maybe you start off with worship music, maybe you start off. Uh, by turning on an app of someone reading you God's word and you uh, close your eyes and just listen to it. Just don't do it while you're driving. Maybe you want to take a walk, get on your knees, fold the laundry and pray. It doesn't matter. God wants you to spend time with him. And he wants to spend time with you. He loves you and he wants to help you. And if you would spend time seeing things God's way, you would do what he says and avoid a lot of hurt and regret. God wants to change you into who you were made to be. Romans 12, 2 tells us to do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. That by testing, you may discern what is the will of God and what is good and acceptable and perfect. If you go with the flow of culture, you're going to make some big mistakes. You're going to live a life contrary to God's way because God's way doesn't always vibe with society's way. But you can trust God. God wants to guide you. You don't have to beat yourself with a whip in order to gain God's favor. God loves you, and he wants to spend time with you, And that's an amazing, amazing thing. Spending time with God transforms your mind and helps you see his will clearly. Jesus needed to spend time alone with God, and so do you. So let's take some time to do that right now. We're going to act this out. The second wonder of God's word is God wants to guide you. So we're going to bow our heads, take some time to pray. As the music plays, start off with that axe. Adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. Praise him, confess your sins, thank him, ask for help.